about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This program is called All In With The Lord. The purpose of the program and the duration of this program has been about one topic. How do we get closer to working with the Lord and to using our Lord Jesus Christ the way he was meant to be used in our personal life? Do you know that he resides in you if you've accepted him as your Lord? And what does that exactly mean for you? How are you and your life different since you've accepted Jesus as your Lord? So today we're going to talk about if it's not different, why not? And if it is different, how is it different? And how could it get better? How can every day, in every way, by serving the Lord and surrendering to Him and allowing Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and God the Father, to occupy our lives, how can that transform us into better people, and to how we can receive miracles, that's right, miracles, manifestations of God's mercy and love. How can we receive that faster and every day in our lives? You know, the Bible says that traditions of men have made the word of no effect. What traditions or religious traditions are you allowing to interfere in God's purpose and plan for your life to come upon you this day? That's what we're talking about. Are you the obstacle? Is your belief the obstacle? Is it your traditions that you follow? Is it the way you want to believe things are? The Bible says, the Word says, that God's ways are higher than our ways. He, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. So who's going to change? Will it be you? Because He's not. The Word also says that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That means he will not change. Are you going to change? The Bible tells us not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Are you renewing your mind? Are you renewing your mind today? And how will that affect you tomorrow? Do you believe and what do you believe about the Word of God? What do you believe about the Son of God? What do you believe Jesus is? And how Jesus went to the cross for you, paid a price that is so intently incredible. Are you capitalizing on what He paid for? So, we're going to talk about how we can become more effective Every day, in every way, as God's grace comes upon us in this world. And if you're not seeing 
definite signs and evidence of the Lord's manifesting manifestations and power in your life, then you're doing something wrong. And let's talk about that, and let's transform. Let's change. Let's be ready to change. We're in a time where everywhere you look, you know, whether it's politically or whether it's in the church or just in general listening to the news, it can be very depressing if you only listen to the prophet's of doom and gloom. And they are exactly that, prophesying the worst about this country, the worst about the state, the worst about your life. Don't become like them and only be talking about what's not right. And then, of course, blaming God for it. Because God has already done and given us everything. And I'm going to talk about that here today. Now, let's start off with John 14, the book of John and uh, New International Version. This one is uh, chapter 14, verse 12. Verily, verily, this is Jesus talking. Listen up, guys. That's what he's saying. Verily, verily, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Now, let's just take this apart for a second. I don't believe the majority of Christians walking around who traditionally, quote, traditionally go to church every week, believe that they can be doing the same works that Jesus did on this earth. And yet he says, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So, going to the Father was very important for one reason, and that uh, there's many reasons, but in this case, he's saying that greater works can be done when he goes to the Father by you and I. So, the question is, are you witnessing and seeing the works that Jesus did are you doing it, and have you been associated with greater works because he went to the Father? If not, why not? If not, if not now, when? So, we have to meditate on this. This is no joke. Jesus is talking. And if you had Jesus standing next to you right now, and he said, go ahead, show me the work. Do what I was doing. Are we doing that? Is the body of Christ doing that? Now, some are. Uh, and, and there are churches who are absolutely doing everything they know to do. And the Lord is with them. But there are so many 
that just don't even give it a second thought. Oh, yeah, I, I got Jesus. I accepted him and I even got baptized. Yep. I got baptized and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to heaven. Absolutely. And I go to church. Traditionally, I go every week. And then you come out on Monday and bam, you're back in the world. And what are you doing? Are you working for the Lord or are you working for yourself? Because that's typically what work is when people go to work for a job. They're working for their employer or they're working for themselves to make money. Correct? Right. Of course. But in that process, what are you doing mentally thinking about being the, doing the works of Jesus? What are you doing? What are any of us doing? I believe it's come. the time has come where God is waking up his church and he wants each one of us to be able to do the same works that Jesus did and greater. He wants to show you off. God wants to show off to the world what gifts he's given us. But what happens? Oh, are, you know, you don't believe you could do what Jesus did. I actually do believe that. But if you don't believe it, it's not going to help you. I want to grow in that every day. I am growing in that every day. I spend time in that every day. And it's because of spending time that the Lord is allowing my mind to be stretched and to grow so we can witness the manifestations of what it would be like if Jesus was here. So you are an ambassador to Christ. And if you're sent into a situation, you are there as an ambassador representing the throne of <clears throat> representing Jesus as if he was there. Oh, I don't believe that. Okay, well, you're going to have to you're going to have to read the word because it's in the word and I'll give you some of the places. But right now we're talking about waking up the church. And you know, it happened to Jesus too. I mean, when he first started out I'm going to read from Mark 6, 1 here, through verse 6. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. I mean, he started to teach, and he was teaching things that had never really been taught in a way that they had never heard it. So they were amazed. They were astonished. It's like if you had a little campfire going on here, and Jesus sat down and he said, listen, tomorrow you can go out, lay hands on the sick, and they'll all recover. You can go out, and you can cast out devils, speak with other tongues, interpret. Yeah, he, well, tongues that weren't even a thing then. But he, he at that moment, he was teaching in the synagogue. And as he was teaching, here's what happened. Where did this man get these things, they said? Who is this guy? 
they asked. What's this wisdom? What's this wisdom that has been given to him? He must have been saying some things that really rocked the boat. So if you're hearing anything on this program or any other place where you feel like the boat's being rocked, you should verily, verily listen up. What are these these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this, you know, Mary or Tom or Frank, the son of so-and-so? This isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here too? And they took offense. They got upset because they're thinking, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Did you ever have anybody say that to you? Like, who do you think you are? Well, if they say that, you're in good company. If they're not saying it, you're not even demonstrating that God Almighty wants what he wants you to do. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. So lack of faith plays a very important role. And of course, in his own home and family, his family going, Jesus, what are you talking about? You know, just go be with the other kids. You know, what are they doing? But no, Jesus was out doing his father's work. Not when I say kids, he was 30 years old at that point. But you can imagine growing up in a household with Jesus. It must have been a little tough on on the other people involved because they had to witness and hear things they never saw or witnessed before. So in your own home, you're just you. You come home and you put your feet up on the couch and go, yeah. He or she, are in there with their feet up. That's just so-and-so. But then you go out into the world, and you begin to speak the gospel, and you begin to teach, and you lay hands, and people start to get healed because they believe. But your family says, who does he think he is? Or who do they think they are? They're just our kids. We respect our parents. We love our parents. But they are holding on to the traditions when they do that of what they believed. And it's hard for them to accept that the Holy Spirit actually got inside of you and turned you into an onboard Christian that just can't stop talking about Jesus. I remember uh, when I was a kid, and I don't know I'm trying to think how old I might have been when I just started talking about the Lord all the time, because I did. But I I remember my grandmother and uh, her saying, because they were all part of the Catholic Church and very, very regimented about it, and they loved the Lord. But in those days, I mean, that's when the Catholic Church was still doing the Mass in Latin. Nobody could understand it, but 
I guess it sounded pretty, but it was more of a religious, traditional thing that made people feel closer to God. And I remember when she said to me, Kid, you should have been a priest. (laughs) And I remember when I said to her, No, thank you. (laughs) I'm not interested in anything that they do as a priest. Because in my mind, that was not a role that anyone was fulfilling that made me want to be one. However, as time went on, I do want to be one of those people known for teaching the gospel. But it's not the kind of tradition in that environment. So we're all different, all different backgrounds. We come from all different places. We are people who have been sometimes beat up, broke maybe sometimes, busted, sick, disgusted. You go through life with all these different things occurring. And then what happens? You find out that there's the Lord Jesus and you accept him. But then the question becomes, how can I benefit from knowing him? And what are the benefits of knowing him? And he says here, back to the first scripture, he says, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. That means you can. You can't read this and not accept the fact that you can do it. You might not be doing it, but the fact that you can exists if Jesus said it. If he said it, that means you can. That doesn't mean you are, but you can. So the possibility of it stands looming right in your face. What are you going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? So, Jesus went around teaching from village to village. And of course, when he was out of town, people started getting healed. And then the word spread, and wherever he went, miracles happened because they believed. People believed. So now we know that unbelief can stop the flow of the Holy Spirit in us, or traditions of belief can stop the flow. So we want to get the flow back that allows the healing power and the manifestation of helping people to occur. We want to come to a place where the moment we pray, we see manifestations. But in order to do that, we have to know that we know that the Lord in us is more than enough to carry it out. The most important thing to understand, and and you may come to a point in time where this really just strikes you hard. It did for me. Everything that Satan has, because a lot of times we look around, we say, well, Satan's controlling the media. Satan's controlling the politics. Satan's over here. He's controlling this. Devil's got it. Everything he has, he's stolen. These were all things that were supposed to be yours, and he has stolen it taken over. And that's what we have to get back. 
When God first created Adam, he gave it all to Adam. And Adam had full access and control over the entire earth and every medium of the earth. But Lucifer came along and talked him into listening to him, getting fruit, getting data from his tree, which caused him to fall from grace with God. And God, ever since then, has been trying to get that grace back to us, trying to get back to you and I where he started, that all things are ours. They are ours, but you don't know that. Satan stole them, and he's convinced you they're not yours. You can't have the wealth. You can't have the health. He stole it. It's yours. He stole it. So Jesus went through everything he did, went to the cross, went, descended into hell, defeated Satan on every count, so that you and I could then have the grace of God, forgiveness of God, to be restored to the right standing with God, to get take back what was stolen. Now, if a thief came into your house and started picking things up that were very important to you, would you try, and you were there, would you stop the thief, or would you say, hey, help yourself, take whatever you want? Because the thief is illegally going after your things. And that's what has happened. God never meant for you to have to be in lack of any kind. Financially, mentally, socially, physically, um, of course spiritually. But God never intended for any man to lack anything. And that's why in Philippians 4.19, it says, My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and his glory. Well, in God's kingdom, there is no lack. <laughs> his riches is overwhelming. And he's saying, I will supply your need. But do you believe that? Well, you might know it. You might have read it. But do you believe it? And do you grab for it every day? Take it, because it's stolen. That right for that need to be met was stolen by a thought that Lucifer put in your brain. That was the tree that you're eating from, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And Lucifer only feeds you what he wants you to think. <clears throat> it's, it's pretty interesting because we all want to go back to the Garden of Eden and say, Adam, don't eat from that tree. But that is exactly what you are doing every day when you listen to the world, listen to the media. We are eating fruit from that tree of information. The Bible, Jesus, God, often refers to all of us as trees, and there's trees in us. And the trees that he didn't plant have to be uprooted. So the tree of life, he said to the one lady, he says, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me for a drink because of the living water that I bring. His word is the water. The tree 
is what's growing inside of us. So every, every one of us has different trees growing. They have to be uprooted if they're not from God's Word. There's only one absolute truth, and that comes from the Word of God. So everything, we, everything Satan has, he's stolen from us. And love, walking in love, knowing that everyone is in the same boat, but loving them as Christ loved us, takes us out from under the law and puts us in a completed state where we're looking for ways to help one another. Because God's grace is, is on us. God's grace is upon us. His grace says you are redeemed from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. So for poverty, you've been granted wealth. For sickness, you've been granted health. And for death, you have been given eternal life. So when someone accepts Jesus as Lord, they take the eternal life part and go, yeah, 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 man, when I die, I'm going to heaven. But what about the poverty and sickness? You've been granted it all. So Lucifer goes, okay, I'm not going to let them know they can have wealth now <coughs> or health. I'm going to keep telling them they're going to be sick and broke. And the more we accept that, then the redemption that Jesus paid the price for is not fully complete. Oh, it'll get you into eternity, but you're going to live your life all messed up on this planet, or you could live it that way. So why not enjoy the full, complete nature of the redemption? The redemption was to restore you to where Adam was before he fell. And the only way to do that is through eating through the tree of life. And that's Jesus, who is the living water, and his word, God's word, okay, God's word brings that restoration if you put it in. But you have to water yourself, water that tree every day. You can't go once a week and water a plant. Have you got any plants you wait once a week to water? They don't do real well. <clears throat> you need to water it every day. And that is why we need to put in the Word every day. The Word, Jesus, is the living water that waters the tree of life. And if that tree of life is growing within you, then you can eat the fruit from it. And you won't be broke, busted, sick, and disgusted anymore you'll recognize that that was a lie sold to you from the devil. And you tell that lie to get out. You get rid of that lie. You talk, replace that lie with, I have been given life and given more abundantly. That Jesus came that I could have life and have it more abundantly. That he came that I could be blessed. That I could be redeemed from poverty sickness and death. But you got to believe this. This is not something you just talk about and go once a week to church and make a tradition out of it. This is something you have to be a serious <coughs> farmer and put the seed 
Put the water and the seed in every day. The Word of God is the seed. And you need to put it into your life, into your mind, and overtake the Word from the world till you become transformed, not conformed, to the Word. I mean, to the world. You don't want to be listening to the world. We got to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. And we are back, and um, we're talking about putting on the new you and allowing the new you to have a whole new perspective of what the Word wants for you, that everything you need in life that you don't have belongs to you. Legally, God meant it to be for you. Satan stole it. He stole it. And by stealing it, he keeps it as a thief. But it belongs to you. Your health belongs to you. God granted it. Your wealth, or whatever wealth you want, belongs to you. It belongs to you. It is entirely what God intended for you to have. A lot of times we hear people say, you know, well, you know, poverty is a good thing. keeps me humble. Let me tell you what will keep you humble, my friend. Having so much wealth that you go out there and you feed the poor and you feed the hungry and you buy their homes, you pay for that, that, that the world has beat them up on and preach the gospel. Don't give me this talk about, well, I got, you know, my life's pretty good. I just got to gotta watch what I do. Who do you think you are? watching what you're going to, as if somehow you're going to add something to your life by being moderate. The Holy Spirit and Jesus went to the, Jesus went to the cross and sent the Holy Spirit so that you and I could pick up the work that he had for us. What are you going to tell him when you see him face to face? Oh, you'll get into heaven and God, thank God for that. But you will have to face him and say, I didn't do any of that stuff. I just didn't know. And he, you see, you can't get away with that when you're looking in the eyes of Jesus because he knows what you know. And he will have recordings of your whole life. And you're not going to be able to fake it till you make it. There is no faking it there. You'll just have to accept the fact that you blew an opportunity. You could have been someone totally different just by stepping out by faith. Call in the money. Call in the health. Take it back 
believe Jesus wants you to have it. He died, suffered, went to hell so you could have it all. And I watch churches just not even teach this stuff. Um, they're, they're just, I don't know why. I, I don't because the word is the word. But God's grace will get us all through. But the love of God and the love that we're supposed to have for one another, that's the bottom line. If you really love your neighbor and you have enough or more than enough, you will find, seek them out and help them. You'll bring food to them. You'll go lay hands on the sick and pray. That is what it means to love as Jesus loved the church. It is an example. He set the example. We are to follow it. And you'll be the happiest when you do. Let's read here from Romans 3.21. Now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. Apart from the law, this is nothing apart from the law, apart from the Ten Commandments, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. So that's where everybody comes in, because by this example here, there's no difference. For all have sinned, all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God. We all do. There's not a person alive who doesn't fall short because of the fall that Adam went through. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So we are not under the law. We are under grace. It is all have sinned, but all are justified. You have been justified, not by your own doing, but by grace, by the grace through the redemption that came through Christ Jesus. We have been redeemed. We are under grace. We are not under the law. The law and the purpose of the law was to show you that you are a sinner. But Jesus and the purpose of Jesus is to show you that you are redeemed from the sin. I know a lot of people struggle with this whole idea of we're not under the law because they think, well, that's just freedom to go sin. Well, you're going to sin anyway. The bottom line is that when you really begin to understand the grace that God has given, the mercy, you won't want to sin anymore. Matter of fact, over time, you will change. You won't want to do the things you used to do. But there is a difference from being told you can't do it and you wanting not to do it. See, God doesn't want a bunch of robots as a dictator. He would be the dictator and saying, you're not allowed to do this. If you do this, you get this, blah, blah, blah. That just leaves people in total fear. But when you, by grace, accept the grace, accept the fact that God loved you so much, he forgave you for every, every sin. First, you have to accept the fact that you are a sinner. But he forgave you by grace for everything. And he wants you and I to forgive all of those around us and have patience with them 
as he has with us. And when you generate and develop that love through grace, then all of a sudden, you're a different person. You don't want to do the things you used to do. And there's a big difference. You just change. But you aren't doing the changing. God's doing it for you. The Holy Spirit is changing you. Slowly, maybe, transforming you. Maybe you had a, uh, one of those moments where everything changed. But most times, it's on uh, a gradual scale that you're learning that God loves you so much He forgave you and forgives you, but you then need to forgive others. And we do that out of the love that we feel through the grace. If you begin to understand what the grace is, do you understand what grace is? Grace is unmerited favor. It's unmerited. It's not earned. anything you can earn. You cannot earn your way into heaven. You cannot earn your way into, into, into being redeemed from sin. It's a free gift. Totally free. Unconditional. Do you love people unconditionally? Or do you judge them at every turn? Do you want to hear what they're saying about their life so that you can determine where you fit and where they fit in the world? Because we're actually measuring ourselves based on what they tell us. And a lot of times Christians, like I know, they'll just say, well, you know, I'm not as bad as that. Wow, that guy's pretty bad. Well, you're measuring against the wrong stick. Measure it against Jesus. He's the, he's the, the, uh, the, the standard. He's the where you get measured next to. He is who we're supposed to be like. Stop judging yourself better than others because of others, but rather love them with the same grace and mercy that God loves us. And that is what it means to love one another as Christ loved the church. Unconditional love. Today, there are a lot of issues tearing at the church, tearing at the Word, people in office who we don't like, people in organizations, businesses, doing things that are against the Word openly. How should we conduct ourselves with them? Well, first of all, if it's someone that's operating a business that uh, is doing something completely contrary to the Word, you have a right not to do business with them if you want to. But beyond that, you are to love them and you are to pray for them as Christ loved the church before you accepted him. He loved us while we were yet sinners. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And that's the prayer that we all should be praying when we run into these situations. Right now, the way this country is going, we don't have to participate and believe any of the things that they're doing are good, but we are to pray for them and love them as Christ loved the church. And in that, there will be change. God's word never returns void. But if, if we just get mad at people and judge people and just talk about them all day long, gossip about them, we're no better than them. It's time for the church to stand up and be a demonstration of God's love and mercy. That doesn't mean we agree with them. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be voting them out. It just means the church didn't do their job, and that's why we have what we have. The church, the believers. Believers who believe that 
how they feel about something or how they feel about someone determines who to vote for. Oh, I like the way that guy looks. Oh, I don't like the way this guy looks or girl or whoever. But you're relying on your senses instead of the Holy Spirit to tell you what to do. And when the wrong people are in office, people are damaged. People get hurt. Right now, as we're doing this program, there are shortages and lots of them coming on the horizon because of decisions made by people. There is no real shortage. And the Bible tells us that there is never going to be a shortage for God's people. But you got to believe, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. But Art, what happens when I go to the store and there's nothing on the shelf? My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. But Art, what happens if we run out of gas and we have to go back to gas lines and rationing? My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. That is exactly what we're to be doing. So, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on what you think. Lean not on what the media says. Lean not. Do you believe that God can bless you in spite of everything that's going on? Do you believe God has limits? Are you putting limits on Him? Are you putting limits on God that stop Him from blessing you? I believe that's what happens to all of us. We are the limiters. We're going to find out when you get to heaven that the only thing that stopped God's Word from working every day in our life was us. And we got to get out of the way. We've got to learn to get out of the way and allow the Lord to have His way with us. Father, I thank you that your word in me is causing victory. I thank you that your word says that I'll never have a lack. I trust in that. I believe that. There is no lack. So whatever I need today, whether it's food, gas, mortgage money, health insurance, whatever I need, you will supply it. But you've got to start believing. You can't walk around broke, busted, sick, and disgusted, acting like faith doesn't work, acting like there is no grace from God, and blaming God. Remember, Satan stole it from you. He stole it all. God wants you to have it back. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Well, the time to take it back is now. So we are to agree. When two or more agree, it's done. So number one, decide what you want. If you can't make a decision on what you want, then you're double-minded. And the Bible, the Word says that a double-minded person will never get their prayers answered. Isn't going to happen. So, if a double-minded person never gets their prayers answered, and you can't decide what you want or need. So, number one, how much money do you need for today? So, if gas costs more, if food costs more, then you need more money. God is putting in place. Remember, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. As we are doing this program, I know for a fact that God is putting together teams of people, teams of believers with money, looking for people to give it to, looking for people to bless, 
There are multiple teams of people all over this country and world that are now, their main objective is to receive money. They're just receiving it so that they can go and be the arm that blesses the people who have need and are believing to receive for that today. But you won't receive that if you don't believe that. It can be right next door. There could be somebody right next door to you that's saying, Lord, I have I have $1,000 today that I need to give to someone because I'm doing this as unto the Lord. But if you don't receive it by faith, how are they going to find you? It's you tapping into the Lord that, that connects them with you. So all of us as a body are coming together in this hour to demonstrate the power of believing in Jesus. God Almighty wants to showcase his church. Are you one of the ones that are going to get showcased? Yep, here's somebody who's doing what I'm telling them to do. <clears throat> and they're out there looking for places to bless others, looking for ways. Do you think someone could come in right today and pay off your home and fill up your bank account and say, okay, the Lord sent me. Will you receive this? Or is that a choke point for you where you can't believe that much? Yet God has people. I know for a fact that there are people that he's organizing right now, receiving money to do exactly that, to do exactly. The armies of Jesus are coming together. The armies of Jesus are now, at this moment, receiving the full manifestation of the kingdom through the tree of life. This day, not tomorrow, I'm talking about today, the day you're hearing this. There is absolutely no reason why you can't be blessed today. I don't care what you need. I can't do it, but I do know that it's not too much for the Father. And the Father is telling everyone, receive my promises, receive my word, receive my son in the fullness of the redemption, not just to make it into heaven, but to be full while you're on earth so you can bless others. What would you do with a million dollars right now? What would you do with five million, 10 million? Most people who know the Lord would pay all their bills, take care of themselves, and take care of their kids. But also, if they're smart, they would have tithed and given maybe an offering on top of that. But you would help others. If all your needs are met, your main focus doesn't reflect on you. It reflects on who can you help. And you'll never feel better than when you are focused on helping others and on a daily basis actually doing that. That is the power of God. That is the Word of God. That is the victory that overcomes the world. And that is how God is going to showcase His believers, His church, by giving them, filling their barns to overflowing. Do you want your barn filled? Do you believe? Or are you one of those that says, no, man, money is the root of all evil. And I'm, all that tells me when you say that, it's not the money. It says, it's, you go read it. It says the love of money. And that just goes to tell me that you don't trust yourself. You don't trust yourself with money because you think you're going to love it too much. 
Get over yourself. Get over it. Stop acting like a three-year-old in a candy store and start acting like a mature adult Christian that knows if you have a million, 10 million, 50 million, 100 million, there's no way you're going to use it. And if you're going to store it up and be that hoardy or selfish, then you're not really a Christian anyway. You would want to give it away and you would want to help people because that's where your heart is. So the only thing stopping you is not having it. Well, why aren't you having it? Are you praying for it? Are you receiving it? Do you believe God wants you to? I hear people every day say, well, uh, God, God, I mean, I don't want to, God's, you know, I can't ask God for that kind of thing. Why? That's what he wants you to ask for. That's what Adam had in the beginning, everything. Adam had everything. He didn't have to give it a second thought until he listened to the other thought that came from Lucifer and started listening to the data, the information that came from the tree of death, who stole from Adam everything Adam had, which was our inheritance. Adam originally had it, and we would have inherited it, but now we inherit it through Christ who got it back, the second Adam. People don't even believe it when I tell them Jesus was the second Adam, and yet it's in the Bible that Jesus was the second Adam who complied and fulfilled the law. He fulfilled everything that happened when Adam fell and the law came. And Jesus fulfilled the law. He didn't do away with it. He fulfilled it so that if you've accepted Jesus, the law is fulfilled for you by grace. The grace of God, the mercy of God, the love of God. A dictator, you know, if you take an alien, okay, dictator, who all of a sudden, a bunch of spaceships show up to this planet, and they're going to take it over. Do you think they're going to ask what you think? No. They're going to tell you, bow. Bow the knee. Bow the knee. And if you don't bow the knee, you'll be vaporized. Boom! You're gone. But the main God, the you can call him an alien, but the creator of this universe, who is, a, it's a dictator-type thing, but it's in love. There's a whole different thing here. God's asking your opinion on how to run the universe. You'd only screw it up. But his love, he wanted it all to be from love. He wants you to choose him because you want him. So the alien dictator comes to us and says, let me show you who I am. I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a god of, a, a dictator of, 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 uh, vengeance and, and to destroy and to make you do things to make you bow your knee. However, I am one who loves you so much that I'll pay the price myself for what Adam did wrong so that you want to bow your knee. I want to bow my knee. I want to bow my knee to Jesus. I want to surrender to the Father who created the universe, who loved me so much that he got off his own throne came in the form of Jesus and paid the price, paid the price for our sins. He paid the price so that through grace, his mercy delivers us. And now out of that incredible love for us, we want to surrender to him. We want to bow our knee to him, not because we're being told we must, And that's what the law did. 
The law said if you break this law, you are going to have a penalty. The curse will come on you. Now, it's if you get under the mercy and the grace, you are free of the curse, free of the law, because that loving God loves you so much that he came and paid the price himself. You can't comprehend that because it's hard to wrap your brain around that. But it's still, heaven is still not, we all get to vote on how it's run. It's run by God and his word never going to change. The difference is we now respect his word. We love his word. We bow our knee to his word. And now all of the universe and all of heaven can last forever and ever based on his word and people who actually appreciate his word. Lucifer didn't appreciate it. Lucifer said, I can be like God. I can have my own word. I can do it my way. And he started to disrupt all of the universes and all of heaven. But he was kicked out. He came to earth and he got a hold of you and me. And he stole what God had given to Adam. Now go get it back. And don't get it tomorrow. Get it today. I'm telling you, God's knocking at the door. He knocked at the door when he wanted you to accept Jesus. Now that you've accepted him, he's knocking at the door. He's knocking at the door right now. And he wants you, you right now, as he's knocking at your door, to start to demonstrate right now. Demonstrate the love of God in this earth. Need money? Get money. Go ask him for it. Receive it. Pay your bills. Help others pay theirs. Pray over the sick. Lay hands. They shall recover. Act like Jesus. Greater things can you do. Because now he went to be with the Father. He went on our behalf. The Holy Spirit is here. What will you do? What will you do? When will you do it? How about today? This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Well, we're out of time. I hope this hour made sense, kind of went fast for me. And we'll talk again next week on All In. Have a great week. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.